Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Paul Ross and welcome to another TalkSport Daily podcast. Now, we're going to get into the Premier League matches very shortly, but we start with the news that uh, West Ham's Kurt Zuma, who actually started for his club last night, has apologised after a video emerged of the defender kicking and hitting his pet cat. His club, the RSPCA and animal welfare groups are among those to condemn his actions. We're going to hear from Laura Woods and Darren Bent on the matter, but we start with the former Crystal Palace chairman, Simon Jordan, who does his own show alongside Jim White each and every weekday morning. Simon gave his take from an owner's perspective. First and foremost, you've got the Animal Welfare Sentencing Bill where he can actually be, be caught by the law under cruelty. You have to understand the length and breadth of it. While the evidence is before our own eyes, the player has to have a right to be able to either explain himself, find a mechanism to illustrate the appropriate amount of contrition, and the consequences have to be weighed up. The full length and breadth of the consequences from A, and people are not going to like it, the financial investment you put in the player, and B, the ramifications of taking him out of a contract and whether they are stickable and whether they're enforceable because just because there's outrage doesn't mean that legally you can just take him out of a contract. You have to be clear on that. But I would want to make sure that the maximum extent of trying to find a solution, if that solution ended up in a player having to be fired, then I wouldn't shy away from it, but I, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't just pull my gun out straight away, metaphorically, and fire the bullet. I'd want to know the length and breadth of it, and I'd want to be seen to understanding all of it, and I would be communicating and making sure that the player was parked up, put on one side, taken out of the club for a period of time, fined, suspended from his job, while I investigated it, like any other disciplinary matter. And then at the end of it, once I had got all the length and breadth of it, then I wouldn't shy away from the right decision, because football clubs now, even more so, public domain businesses where the behaviour and outlook of every aspect of the football club has to be passing the sniff test. So we have to get balance but by the same token you can't shy away from the responsibility that you have as an owner. It was sickening, it was pathetic, it was bullying of the extreme. I don't know, it just again tarnished the image of professional footballers. It, It was... It was embarrassing and shocking and horrible at the same time. It was all of those things. Your mate or your brother, whoever it was that was filming you, has filmed you and you're performing to the camera and you think it's all right to treat a cat like that and treat any kind of living creature like that in front of your kid. I don't know how it's going to be dealt with now, whether or not they will prosecute. I almost feel like I want them to because for him to be doing that and and to be filmed, he's probably done it before, hasn't he? I don't even want to listen to TalkSport. I don't want to... And that's not TalkSport's fault. I just want a break from sport. I want a break from football. And I want a break from hearing about all these people that are doing, that they're just hurting people and they're hurting yeah, animals. Yeah. It's just, it's just awful. 
former Liverpool goalkeeper Chris Kirkland phoned into TalkSport with strong feelings on the story. He was disgusted with the Frenchman. If I was captain, I'd get him out of that dressing room. I wouldn't want to play with him again. Definitely not. And this is just about what's right in humanity. Even if you're not an animal lover, seeing that it absolutely sickened me. So I, I wouldn't want to. I don't think there's any way back for him. It's not their fault. It's not their fault at all. Simon's completely right, but they've got to handle it now. And the only way for me is he's got to be sacked. His punishment will also be when he's walking around the streets because mm. a lot of people, oh, yeah. his, this video oh, is, yeah. going, is everywhere. Horrible. Front of the papers. So, and there's, as we spoke about, there are people that absolutely love pets and him walking around again, he's going to be getting abused left, right and centre mm. on his social media platforms yeah. when he walks in the street. So I think for the next couple of weeks, he's going to have to keep his head down. He'll have his animals taken away from him. He'll have all kinds of orders put on him in terms of his behaviour. He'll have consequences in the media. He'll lose Sponsors, yeah. he will now suffer the consequences. It's about how far you want to. How far do we want to do something here? If he comes out and does everything that he needs to do to redeem himself, yeah. does that mean that the council culture that we live in goes? That's it. You've done it. That's it. You never get an opportunity well, to redeem yourself. If that's what we're saying, if that's what we believe is right, then that's what's coming his way. Initially, you'd have to speak to him. You talk to him. I don't think I'd play him. You try and keep the discipline. And how she, I don't think you can play him. You've got to leave him out and you've got to be seen to be doing the right thing. And it's a nightmare. I mean, you look at West Ham, they're going for, they're having one of the best seasons in a long, long time. They're going for fourth place, going for Champions League, they're going for Europe. But this is bigger than that and it's just ridiculous. So Zuma did start for West Ham against Watford with the match finishing 1 0 to the Hammers last night. This was West Ham boss David Moyes' take on the Zuma situation. Man who had the final kick of the game, Kurt Zuma. They were all talking about him before the game. David Moyes wanted to make sure his side did the job on the pitch despite all the hullabaloo around him. And they just about have. They've beaten Watford here by a single goal to nil. If it's a football decision, there's no difficulty. Was there difficulty because of uh, what's happened? Yes, because we're, we're all really disappointed. We're all really sorry about the whole situation. We're dealing with that and the club are dealing with that. And my job is to, to try and get the best team on the pitch now. David Moyes, how can you be comfortable letting an animal abuser represent your football club how can the owners be comfortable letting an animal abuser represent your football club he's apologized he's he's said what he can really it's very difficult to say an awful lot more and will the club take action yeah well i think the club are already in involved in taking some action so i think behind the scenes they've been involved with with uh, different people and uh, i'm sure they will yes crazy situation for Kurt Zuma, something that he's never going to, uh, you know, live down. Disgusting, really. And I don't care what anyone says. I understand David Moyes. He has to pick the team to go out on a football pitch. But when he got asked the question, when does it change from a football moment to an everything moment? Well, the moment he kicked a cat in the stomach. You know, my plan was always to play Kurt tonight. And uh, I continue to do that. But I understand exactly. I'm a big animal lover and I would understand the people who, who would see it see it in, in a bad light. And David Moyer should know that and know that there's going to be a huge backlash on starting him tonight. Footballers do bad things, they make mistakes, they do horrific things at times, but they still play because the club needs them and it becomes all about winning football matches and sometimes that, that's a little bit sad and I don't always agree with it but I do understand why David Moyes has gone right I want and I need Kurt Zuma to play Don't ask me about the game because I haven't watched it and I haven't watched it as a matter of principle because he should not have played tonight I don't expect that they to sack him because he's a you know he's a 25 million player but at least for tonight he should have been left out I've got hold of my scarves and I've put them in the bin 
Wow. I know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I feel that strongly about it. Three points is, is more important. No, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Ronnie, three points is not more important than animal cruelty. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it is. I don't condone the actions, and I obviously wouldn't do it personally, but I'm glad that he played him because he got the three points, and... Why wouldn't he play him? Footballers are role models. Simple as that. Yeah, he... And it goes beyond football. And anyone who thinks that it, it is okay, oh, we got three points tonight. We got three points tonight. I'm glad you played. You... Come on. That's not good enough. On to the other Premier League matches, starting with Eddie Howe's Newcastle beating Frank Lampard's Everton to get out of the relegation zone. There goes the final whistle. It has finished Newcastle 3 Everton won. You know, I'm just so pleased with the players' response to what we've asked them to do, and I think that's the key thing. You, you need that collective spirit, you need the buy-in from the group. Um, I've got to say they've been first class from when we've come in, even when results weren't quite what we wanted them to be, and we've had to be patient, and I'm just so pleased that they're getting their reward now. It's not a wake-up call for me, and I don't think it should be a wake-up call for the fans, because they've seen it, they've seen the, this season, how it's panned out. The, the way the team were playing, the, the, the level of confidence, that's why I'm here, to, to change that. But if anyone thought it was a magic wand after Saturday that we would win back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the Premier League and fly up the table, then that was never going to be the case. We have to understand where we are. We've got 17 games to go, believe in this squad, but there's work to be done. Have Everton got the stomach for this, for a fight? You know, is Lampard... He's going into a huge pressurised situation all of a sudden. Because that was a six-pointer tonight, and I don't think they realised. Burnley won, Manchester United won. Manchester United drop out of the Champions League places after just sneaking back into the top four again for the first time since October. I think it was almost the perfect first half that we played, but one perfect half does, is not enough if you're only 1-0 up, so you have to play as aggressive and as uh, as compact uh, as we did in the first half, also in the second half. We didn't do that. For me, it was clear that Burnley would play in a more aggressive way in the second half, uh, so I was not surprised, but obviously, at least in the first 10-15 minutes of the second half, some of my players were a little bit surprised. That is my last game watching this absolutely pathetic bunch of losers who do not care for the club. We are absolutely abysmal. Burnley are the bottom team in the league. First half, we absolutely dominated. Second half, same as the Middlesbrough game. Didn't show up, didn't turn up, didn't want to win it. Gutless, spineless. I thought we still worked well in the first half without the ball because, let's face it, we, we kept it at one and that gives you a chance. Nick Pope made a couple of good saves. Our two centre-halves were good. A um, couple of VAR decisions, you know, maybe can go either way. And then we come out second half and we were a different animal. You know, I was very, very pleased with the reaction from both individuals and from the team. On to cricket now, and James Anderson and Stuart Broad have both been left out of England's tour of the West Indies next month. The whole series is live and exclusive to TalkSport 2. Fantastic listen. And Steve Harmison joined the drive show and slammed the decision to leave out those veteran fast bowlers. Broad goes in once again, two slips and a gully! The way the Ashes went and how badly it's gone and all the the fallout from it. England have to go to the West Indies and win. And that's it. They've won one test match in, th- in 14 test matches. The bowling hasn't been too much of a problem. And because of, you know, after the, after the, the end and the fallout of the Ashes, I think Broad and Anderson had to go to us, to the West Indies. And I think they had to lead the attack and somehow get England back on track of winning test matches again. There it is! <laughs> Jimmy Anderson! So you talk about the Ashes being a tough tour. England have won once. Michael Vaughan's team in 2004 is the only time England have won in the Caribbean since 67-68. To leave Broad and Anderson out when we've only won one in 14, that's why I think I would have picked them. 
Promoter Frank Warren has told TalkSport's boxing YouTube channel that he doesn't believe Anthony Joshua will rematch with Alexander Usyk. After rival promoter Eddie Hearn questioned Tyson Fury's hunger in the last episode of the podcast, Warren hit back, telling Hearn to focus on his own fighters. Keeps talking about Tyson won't fight Usyk. I don't think Joshua will. That's my opinion. I don't think he fancies that rematch at the moment. Hearn's got his, you know, he's got his hands full now. He's, he's got that fight to get at, get on between them, the rematch. So does he keep banging on about what we're doing? You know, you watch our fights, it's going to be on BT box office, it'll be a great fight to watch. And then you can, you know, afterwards they can go and watch all those shows that Eddie's putting on on his app. And that's about it, my friends. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm back on the overnight show from 1am live till 5. There'll be another one of these TalkSport daily pods out first thing in the morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. Or is that Andy Goldstein's catchphrase? Doesn't matter. I've nicked it now, Andy. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 